0: Welcome to the Nerdist Podcast number 916. This episode brought to you by Loot Crate. Be the envy of your friends and get your 100% exclusive crates at LootCrate.com slash Nerdist. Go ahead and enter the offer code Nerdist. Save 10% off any new subscription. November's Loot Crate theme is Unite 2.0. So that means they've joined forces with Justice League, Voltron, Overwatch, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers for a crate full of incredible items. And uh, also, all subscribers are going to get a free download for the first season of Batman The Telltale Series as this month's DLC, a $25 game on Steam. And then one lucky subscriber will win a mega crate of epic proportions. You you have until the 19th at 9 p.m. Pacific to subscribe and receive that month's crate. And when the cutoff happens, that's it. That's over. So you still got 10 days as the posting of this podcast uh, to get in November's crate Uh, Which is Unite 2.0 I mean, surprise yourself Surprise a loved one Uh, I mean, like, (laughs) when I say surprise yourself I mean, you'll forget that you ordered it And then things will come And you'll be like, oh my gosh It's very difficult to surprise yourself But if you can do that I say surprise yourself Um, but, uh, if you want to get fancy, a bigger box with bigger loot is available called Loot Crate DX. These are monthly wearables, accessories with cult classics, favorite franchises, and, uh, and if you're more of a fashion person, try Loot Wear. So there's a lot of loot stuff in the Loot Verse. So check it out, lootcrate.com slash Nerdist. Enter the offer code Nerdist to save 10% off any new subscription today. Let's go to the Nerdist community corkboard from Nerdist folks just like yourself. Uh, Derek Dwyer writes, I was hoping I could add my free comic book to the community corkboard. Done. It's because of Chris Pete and Moore over at Nerdist that I decided not to wait for somebody to ask me to write and draw a comic book, so I just decided to do it myself. Damn right. It's a free 24-page, full-color comic book, story and art by me, at Dwyer underscore Derek, D-E-R-E-K. It's an action sci-fi drama comic set around the crashing of an alien spaceship. You got monsters, swords, and Buddy the Dog. It's called On My Shoulders. It can be found on Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, DeviantArt, Facebook. Search On My Shoulders comic book, facebook.com slash On My Shoulders comic book. Uh, probably the best place to read it, though, is uh, is on Facebook, he's saying. So thanks so much for the Years of Free podcast. You're welcome. And uh, it makes the days of being a greenkeeper in Ireland fly by oh my gosh a greenkeeper in ireland i'm gonna come visit you gotta come to ireland Uh, User FlamingoFast on Reddit writes My 10-year-old son is raising money for an educational field trip to the East Coast He's doing so by selling Lego jewelry on Etsy Amazing Everything he sells he has designed and created himself He'll be adding to his inventory uh, between homework and robotics responsibilities Thank you so much So if you just go to um, etsy.com slash edudctripfundraiser I'm on there now These are adorable these are adorable like Lego um, necklaces and earrings. and uh, come on, help this, uh, this delightful kid. Uh, have an educational trip. All right, well done. Uh, this episode is John Bernthal, and he is promoting The Punisher, which is on Netflix soon. Uh, and his upcoming film, Sweet Virginia in theaters November 17th. Um, I, you know, I never really talked to John that much. Our paths just didn't cross because when he was kind of, when he was leaving Walking Dead, I was just coming in. And so we all, we only kind of knew each other peripheral peripherally, but what a great fucking guy. Oh my God. Uh, very sweet very thoughtful really cool um i was i was really 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 happy to have him on and uh you know we talked we talked about a lot a of, lot of stuff you're gonna love bernthal you are gonna fucking love bernthal uh so thanks to john for coming on the podcast and uh also this podcast was brought to you by stamps.com going to the post office sucks Oh my God, especially now it's November. You know, there's already Christmas decorations up, which means Christmas stuff is in full effect and it's not even uh, Thanksgiving yet. But avoid the hassle of the post office. Mail everything from postcards to envelopes to packages, domestic or international with stamps.com. You can buy and print official U.S. postage for any letter, any package, any class of mail using your own computer and printer. You click print mail and then you're done. And it never closes. All right, 24-7. So... You can enjoy Stamps.com with a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus postage and a digital scale without long-term commitments. Go to Stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in Nerdist. That's Stamps.com into the promo code Nerdist. Stamps.com. Never go to the post office again. And now, Katie Levine, an episode 916 of the Nerdist podcast, presenting Mr. John Bernthal. Katie, roll the thing.
1: Now entering nerdist.com I
0: just so Blown away when I ran into you at Comic Con. You go, "Hey, I listen to the podcast." I was like, what? Yeah. I had no idea. I mean, because we—you were—you were going out as I was coming in. Totally, basically, totally. Uh, and still, people. Go. I wonder how Shane would do with <laughs> Rick. I mean, I'm sure people ask you all the time, but did you? You couldn't have had any concept that Walking Dead was going to have this kind of indelible mark, no, man.
1: I mean, I think you know the wonderful world of Walking Dead. You know, I I I feel like um, you know when that when when the show came about, it was it, it was uh, its its roots were were so humble. You know, I mean, it was so humble, and 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 I feel. None of us had had any idea. That being said, there was this like, uh, you know, I, I don't want to be cheesy, but like this like burning desire to be a part of it. I mean, at that point in my life, I was going through all kinds of crazy stuff and, and uh, I was being sued. I had, you know, I, I, I was having sort of like financial difficulties and it was the first time, you know, I, I think I had this 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 offer to be on one of these um, sort of big procedural uh, you know, crime shows right. that was had a syndication deal, which would have been like your money problems are over. <laughs> and I remember I had this, uh, I had this audition for Walking Dead. I just read the script, and I just, you know, to sort of the shock of my family and 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 all the people around me, I just sort of said, you know, until I can throw my hat in the ring for this, uh, I, I I can't I can't take anything. And at that point in my <laughs> career, like I would have taken freaking anything, Holy you know. What I mean? And I just loved this script so much, and it was just one of those perfect jobs that, you know, as you got closer and closer to it, you know, once I met Frank Darabont and once I met, once Andy was cast and even the audition process was so humane and and, and like lovely, you know, oddly, which, you know, they never are. And uh, it just is one of those jobs that got better and better and better. And then just had this added bonus of, you know, people liked it, but we had no idea, man. We had, we hadn't, I remember Sarah Wayne Cowley's telling me, If a million viewers watch this show, we're going to be all right. We're going to get a second season. You know what I mean? And I was doing this movie at the time. I'd just been married, and I did this movie at the time with Woody Harrelson, and I remember lunch – you know lunch just ended and and woody harrelson came back and i guess he had read the trades or you know read something online he's like five million people watch your show dude i was like what the fuck you know that's a lot more than a million you that's know? insane and, yeah. and, and
0: and 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 that was insane on cable specifically at that time yeah. like now everything is blown up so much but that was not common back then even just six short five six short years ago seven years ago
1: yeah i mean it was and, and like you know it wasn't a huge vote of confidence you know picking you up for six episodes <laughs> not like hey man this is gonna kill and you gotta remember like amc at the time that was you know it was like mad men and breaking bad it was super prestige television and we kind of felt like the assholes who were making the zombie show but but i remember you know frank and all of us sort of got together and 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 our goal was to you you know to, to to make something that the mad men and the breaking bad audience would would dig you know and, and would be sort of you know transcend the 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 genre a little bit but i remember you know with with you i, rem- I remember you coming on and it was sort of like right i remember you moderated a a panel at, yep. at comic-con in san diego and and uh and and you know it was right sort of at the time right after that you know with with with, with frank's exit and all that and it was just sort of like you, you know that This show was just sort of growing and growing and growing, and I can't, you know, what it's become it's just like it's a phenomenon. I mean, I I always say people, you say to people, you know, never, never, never underestimate the power of that show. It just sort of grows and grows. Yeah, but it's such a, I mean, what an interesting thing in your gut, because the
0: procedural, the procedural is sort of the blessing and the curse of television. I think because I think people go, oh, my God, like you said, I'll never have to do anything again. This I'm set for life. And then I think maybe like two or three seasons and people start to go, oh, so this is the thing I get. And, and certainly nothing against anyone who takes those jobs. But I sure. think, you know, if you want to be able to do a lot of things, I think that type of very, very long
1: term procedural path. Doesn't really allow you to do much. That's else. it, man. And I, I knew for me that wasn't wasn't for me. And luckily, the, the the people that you know represent me, I think that they knew that that too. And and uh, that's a hard thing, you know. I mean, it's a hard thing, you know, for someone who's getting. 10% of your shit, you know, to be like, hey man, don't go that way, do this one, that's, you know, like, you know, throw your hat in the ring for this one, but I, I'm, I'm super grateful that I did it, and, and and I think that, you know, throughout that process, which was so insane, that, that audition process for Walking Dead, but I, I feel like, you know, and then having it sort of go the way that it did, I, I, you know, again, I, I, I don't want to be cheesy, but I'm, ju- I'm just so enormously grateful for that show. I'm so enormously grateful for my time on that show, for the friendships that I've made on that show, and I'm so grateful to have moved on from it, and and to have gotten this unbelievable opportunity to play a character with a real beginning, middle, and end, and these sort of buoys that 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 were set in place along his his journey, you know. But but you know, it's a real thing, and to sort of know going in, hey, you're not going to last, and and to know. You're going to go from 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 X to Z, and and uh, you know it's a, it's an unbelievable opportunity as an actor, and 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 I feel like um you know I just I, I I owe Frank and I owe that show and that and that cast Andy Lincoln I owe them so much I'm 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 always going to be indebted to them and and um they'll always be among my my greatest friends sort of in in the business you know? well not to Talking Dead you but because ne- you never were able to come on the show
0: it, it didn't just didn't really exist much when you were on the show yeah. but. It's just, and we'll just talk about this for a quick second. But sure, the, uh, but it, it's interesting to see where Rick has gone, and where Shane said you basically said you can't survive in this world. I can survive in this world, mm-hmm. and now 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 Rick has gone through so many different psychotic iterations. Sure. I mean, do you think if Shane were still alive, do you think he would have uh, done anything differently, or do you think you know, do you think he would be kind of proud of what what Rick has done?
1: You know, look, man, I'm, I'm not going to bullshit you. I, I got three little babies, and I'm like, you know, they, they got lots of diapers to buy, so I work like crazy. So I'm, I haven't been able to completely keep up, you know? But that being said, I think that, you, you, you know, for me, what Shane always was, was I, I, I felt, and I, I felt it in a palpable way while we were making the show. I felt he was the first guy to sort of figure out the rules or lack thereof of this new world, and I right. think it, it it all started, you know, again not not to talking dead you, but like <laughs> I think it all started with 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 uh, you know that in, in that character Ed, you know, who's beating uh, his wife Carol, played by Melissa McBride, the biggest gangster ever. Uh, you, you know that day that you know he's sort of just been told by Laurie to. To to leave her alone and then he saw him beating he saw him beating his wife and he went over and he broke it up as he would have in the old world, but then he hit him. And then he hit him again. And then he hit him again. And I remember Frank writing he he needed to find something there in the beating of this guy. And just to beat him and beat and realize in that beating, hey, there's no rules out here. I could actually just keep beating this guy as long as I there's no there's no police. There's right. nobody who's gonna come to get me. And then I think a couple episodes later he sees you know he sees Rick walking in the woods and he 's got that gun train, right. for and then he just all of a sudden see and he says, "You know what like actually, in this world, I can do what I want, like right. I could just handle this now, and just these seeds are being planted, and I think." You know, then everything sort of got put into overdrive with Shane, and I think he really figured out what this new world was, and it was going to dawn on everyone. I think that's why he had all that sort of, like, beautiful frustration that he had with Rick and the choices that he was making, because he really saw the new world, and you could not apply... Old World rules to this new world and and um, so I think he was ahead of his time that way, so I think it 's only logical that that, 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 that that Rick would sort of come to this sort of same place
0: well know? and and I had this really terrible joke when it when everything was going down with that because because then Shane hooks up with Andrea in the car, Shit. and then then there was a question about well, who's whose baby is is in is, is Lori is Lori is it Rick's baby is it Shane's baby? And I said, all right, if it comes out of Lori and goes into Andrea, it's Shane's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like ah, oh, come on! But it but 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 the idea that they've acce- that Rick essentially accepted like all right, you know biologically this may not be my baby, but yeah. I accept it. I accept this world. So I feel like Shane really did. You know, intentionally or unintentionally, passed on some spiritual DNA to Rick, and I guess Rick. We have said many times, like, "Oh, Rick is embracing the Shane now. Yep, like yep, he's really yep. under." It took him longer to realize. The more you cling on to the old worlds, the less uh, the less able you will be to survive That's in it. this in this in, in this new world. I but so. but if you hadn't died on the uh-huh. show, then you wouldn't have gotten to be the Punisher. And you were so fucking good oh, thanks, on man. that season of Daredevil, oh, and my wife and I are both like, I can't wait to see this guy in his own <laughs> story. But, I mean, I cannot imagine anyone else in that role. Did 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 they offer that to you, or did you audition for it? Were you aware of it? How, how did you? How did it come around?
1: You know, uh, you, you know, they had. We had talked. I was I was doing a movie in in um, in Ireland. Um, and uh, I was playing. I was playing a mute in in, in, in the movie. <laughs> and, uh, right, no lines to that. You don't, man. That one. That one. They got to just give you. You know what I mean. But but uh, yeah, I would hate to see the fucking audition, Marceau, Marceau bullshit. Stand over there. All right. So now
0: walk over here. <laughs> Done. Yeah. 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 I mean, I we're I gonna go another direction. Up off book. I
1: fucked that up. You know what I mean? Like, ow, what the fuck? But I mean, I remember you. You know, me being sort of the asshole. I was. I figured that the only way I was the only American in the movie. Uh, you know, um, it was Tom. Holland and uh, Stanley Weber and um, Richard Armitage, you know, and and, um, it it, it was a great, beautiful script and and cool story. But I sort of went into it saying the only way I'm going to be able to do this sort of uh, accurately or authentically or or, 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 uh, I just had to be I had to stop talking. And so I just stopped talking on set, set, We were all living together in this little place in Western Ireland. So, uh, you know, we were all staying under the same roof, having all our meals together. So after work, you know, I'd be silent all day at, at work and then we'd all be sitting around the same table. And here comes like the asshole American who thinks he's fucking <laughs> Daniel Day Lewis. You know what I mean? Who's like not talking, you know what I mean? I'm like writing notes like, Hey man, can you, can you order me the salmon? You know what I mean? Like, and it was just, I feel, it was so exhausting for everyone. But I remember, you, you know, about, a few weeks into it, I finally realized that 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 part of the process was being uh detrimental you, you know it was, it was It was helpful to me, but I feel like overall it was becoming detrimental i when you don 't have any lines and you 're a lead character in the movie if you 're not communicating with your director you know i would you know I have to develop my own language right so my language was through gestures and through looks and through reactions but He's covering the line. So if he doesn't know what I'm doing, and I, and I, because of my fucking acting exercise, I'm not telling him, you know, just shit was getting missed. You know what I mean? And, and anyhow, so I start to, and, and, and the whole cast, down to a T, agreed that they liked me better silent than when I was talking. But anyway, that during this whole time is sort of when the Punisher thing. Kind of came about, and um, I, I wasn't really communicating with with back home, you know, both because there's no internet where we were, and and it was just tough. So it was sort of weird. It was kind of through this like archaic kind of like like you know like through the cable we were sort of going back and forth. Hey, they're interested in you in, in Punisher, so we we made. Um, I knew that there was interest. I think they had seen Fury, and uh, and you know my agent represents Charlie Cox, so I think that they sort of had some. There's a little bit of inside baseball sure. there, knowing sure. that it was going on, and um, you know, and, and and we made a tape, man. I remember um, they wanted to see a tape, and the tape was the audition tape was a was a dude who uh, was taking his uh, I, I think it was hunting with a young guy, and uh, the young guy was afraid to shoot the deer, and he had to like talk him through it. Uh, you know, it was like fake audition scene, so. Tom Holland and I went, and, um, you know, I had been working with him on his Spider Man audition tapes. And, um, oh, that's so, this so one fucking came about, great. Right? So, Tom and Holland, we'd we been in Ireland, like the middle of nowhere forever. And then we went to Liege, Brussels to shoot the last bit. And Liege was like fucking, I mean, it was like the biggest metropolis in the world compared to where we were in Ireland. So, we were like feeling ourselves, you know, like going out and eating French fries and shit. And, uh, we were in this park and we shot this, this this scene and um and then um this actor Stanley Weber played the deer. He was like going in the background, like <laughs> munching on grass, like an asshole. Yeah, yeah, it was so fucked up. So oh my God, that tape's got to be around so Oh man, it's so fucked up, man. So but like that was a tape. So Tom and I made this tape and and um that was that was sort of it. And 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 you know I hadn't seen the show, but I'd seen you, you know once. The, I knew there was the interest, and we started talking about. It. I watched, and I remember Charlie's first monologue in in the first episode of of, of Daredevil. And 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 the sort of you know the kind of work he was doing and the attention and the, and the time they let him have to deliver that monologue and then I saw you know Denofrio and I said okay shit man I I want in on this like I, I uh, they're really letting they're really letting people explore and go for it and be bold and 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 they're turning their back on the audience and, and it was exactly the kind of TV work I, I I wanted to do I think it's really nice for fans to hear that. You helped. There's so much Marvel simpatico
0: going on. Like you helped Spider-Man become Spider-Man, and Spider-Man helped the Punisher become the (laughs) Punisher. That's really sweet because Tom's super. Seems like a super sweet, super Tom.
1: Tom's the greatest man, and and uh, you you know I saw him sort of go through that. I mean his his process was a lot longer than mine, and you know he was going in through audition, 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 and and, you know we were making tapes in Ireland. Um, I've never. I've really never seen, you know, I come from sports and, 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 and I do think there's a lot of similarities between, you know, what what we do in athletics. And I always try to take sort of an athletic approach to, to the work, you know, in anything, boxing, football, baseball, anything I've done before, surely, you know, acting, I've never seen someone with so much drive and so much discipline and, and so much belief as, as, as Tom Holland and, and, uh, he wanted this to happen, and he made it fucking happen. And he did it with grace and with kindness and with work ethic. And, you know, for me, I'm just – you know, I, I, I remember, like, you know, before scenes, he'd just be sitting there and be like, I'm fucking Spider-Man. I'm fucking Sp-. – I'm like, well, actually, no, not now, dude. Not now. Now we're in, like, 12th century Ireland. But I'm like – but I'm like, if I said that, I would be so worried that I, like, fucking jinx myself. Of course. You know what I mean? But he course. was just so – and I think it really comes down to the guy – he just comes from this wonderful family, super close with his brothers, with his parents. His parents are great. He's just got a great head on his shoulders and he's equal parts talented as just a really good, genuine, kind person. And uh, I, th- I, th- I think he's going to be able to do anything he wants in this world and, and remain like a, a solid person at the same time. And I just, I, I love him. I really love him. And the, the, the guy blew me away.
0: I want to ask you about, because you said your, your background was sports, and you mentioned boxing, you mentioned mm-hmm. all these different sports. I did not come from a sports background. My dad was a professional bowler, if that counts. But, right but uh, Are you good? Can you bowl? I can bowl. I can bowl very well, but that's it. You're, by the way, John has a pup here, and I'm it's the fucking cutest.
1: Get down right now. It is the right cutest. Now. Stay.
0: The cutest pit pup. <laughs> that dog is all kinds of adorable. Yeah, he's a little asshole. He's learning. <laughs> But you said Stay. you come from a sports background. Is it was it all of those things?
1: Um I mean not bowling. I played bowl to save my life. I mean, yeah, you know, like I, I, I grew up uh you know, I come from sort of a big basketball family. My little brother and my dad played college basketball. My little brother played played college basketball at a real high level. He was an all American quarterback in, in, in football. Um, you know, I played football and baseball, um, played college sports, um you know, boxed. Um, it it just, You know, look, man, um, I, I, I come from that world. All my best friends in the world are still the guys that I sort of grew up playing sports with. And and um, one of my best friends, Sean Kerrigan, he's a pro fighter, a guy that I boxed with forever. You, you know, I, I come from that world. I wasn't good enough to, you, you know, I took it probably as far as I could have taken it. But, you know, really for me, when acting came in and, and, and the way it was sort of introduced to me, I was playing college sports, but really once once that happened, I was done you know i I, I found something. You know, to to play at this, I'm sure you know from your old man. It's like to play at an elite level, man. It takes you got to fucking love it, and and you've got to work your ass off. And 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 you know, for me, once acting came, everything else just went sort of right out the window. That's that's what I wanted to do, and I I knew it. I knew it kind of immediately, and I'm super grateful to the person who kind of showed me that 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 uh, it was for me.
0: Yeah, know? but at le- but the great thing is that you have all this training, and you may not have been a world class fighter on the professional circuit but you know how to do it so then when you're when you have to do it and you have to do the stunts and you understand the physicality behind mm-hmm. it and you understand how to hold your back I mean I, I was I never I, you know I was grew up a super nerdy kid and it wasn't until my 30s that I said oh I think I'm going to start exploring fitness because mm-hmm. I don't want to hit 50 or 60 sure. and then try to figure out how to turn this fucking rusty old <laughs> ship around sure sure and what was so interesting about exploring the pro- like the things that you learn boxing or in the gym or whatever are these weird kind of life lessons that you take into the world and principles that you take into the world and i never would have i no one could ever explain that to me it just i just had to experience it
1: I, I think you're right, man. I mean, look, I, I, I think you could make arguments both ways because, I, I, you know, I know plenty of guys, myself included, that high school football is one of the most dangerous fights. You know, oh, you have 120-pound yeah, yeah, yeah. kids on the field with like, you know, it's like some guy who hasn't hit puberty versus some 250-pound monster who's yeah. like in the gym. And, and, and I think everybody I know who played, you know, real competitive high school football has injuries where, I mean, I still to this day, you know, the big injuries in my life are from high school football. That being said, I think the second part of what you were saying is absolutely true there there's there's no question that for me you know athletics uh you know i it's a mindset you know and i think especially in the theater where i started i really looked at acting and and theater acting especially as an athletic endeavor and and um you know the way that you practice and and and, and discipline and 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 honestly um the way you deal with competition and, and and make it work for you rather than against you and and um you know i I, I I think you know before still to this day I mean people you know Tom, Tom Holland will tell you you know before big scenes you know I'm slapping people you know I mean I'm shaking people I'm like let's go you know and I, I, I you know and uh, I think that I, I, you know to me I, I, I think that that's part of it something on the line something cost and um, I'm, I'm really grateful for it and I think you know with boxing especially you know you're really it's it, it's just you it's just you up there and, and you got to go forward and and you're terrified you know and and, and, and I think that You know, I I, I, I often think that fear is just such an unbelievable motivator and and, and for me, you know, when I'm looking at projects and when I want to do something, I mean, you know, Frank Castle is sort of a perfect example, you know, that part sort of scared the shit out of me, Um, not just because so many people care about it and it's, you know, his relationship to the, the the military and to law enforcement and just the comic book audience and how much they, you know, it's like, if you're going to do that, you better fucking do it right. You know, those guys, you know, comic book audience does not play. And, and, and I think, you know, for me, you know, being a father and being a husband and, 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 and knowing that love and knowing what that's like, I knew that, you know, the only way to sort of understand what it would be like to lose all that is, 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 is to know what it means to love it and to love people way more than yourself and to, to happily uh, be willing to, to give your life for those people. And, and, uh, that, sort of that, that sort of seed of imagination, like trying to imagine what that would be like was something that really scared me. I knew it would take me to, you know, super dark places and that scared me. But if I feel that fear, I know that that's something I got to do. Yeah. Well, that's, so this might be sort of a hippie dippy question,
0: but you just touched upon it and I'm always interested to hear how people approach it. You know, obviously it's all pretend, but if you're accessing these emotions, like you say, going to dark places, how real is that fear that you mentioned? Of what if I hit upon something that I don't really want to feel or face? Or what if I relate to this too much? Is that kind of a scary thing as well?
1: I don't know. I mean, I guess it's. Just, I mean, but like, I think that 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 uh, your goal should be to sort of like run as hard as you can towards the the the, the fear. To run as hard as you can. I mean, I think that's true. You know with any artist, like run towards the shit that makes you feel and 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 fear and 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 pain and and uh you know joy i I think these are all things that y you, you know I mean, what we 're trying i don't know I, i'm now the one getting fucking hippy dippy, but i think that 's what we're trying to I mean, fuck it, kumbaya, motherfucker. Yeah, 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 you know, yeah. It, come on. Come I, on. I think, I, I think that, like, I, I, you know, I, I, I think what we're trying to do with, 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 with art is to try to explore sort of nooks and crannies of the, of the, of the human condition that you can't put a name to, and. You know, if there's this sort of fear that you've never really experienced before, this this idea, this thought, this kernel of an idea that scares the living shit of, out of you, and and and, and you, you 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 change your behavior in your in your real life to try to to get to that point, so then you can access that in the five seconds between action and cut. I say run towards that as hard as you can. I mean, we we operate under this umbrella of safety anyway. You know right. what I mean? I'm not really fighting bad guys in Hell's <laughs> Kitchen. You know when? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> right? No, I thought it was. <laughs> But I saw you hit that guy. You think that's not real? So I mean, I think that if you can, if you can go down that, for me, if I can go down that path a little bit and r- run towards that through my imagination or through the, the the certain situations I get myself in off camera, I think that um, you know, I, I I think that's just part of doing your job, right? But
0: but uh, it's it's so interesting to hear the approach of you know the discipline and the because even you showed up at 902 and you're like I'm sorry I'm late like oh, there's dude. like two minutes it did not even, even count that in Los Angeles me,
1: I can hear my father you motherfucker <laughs> no you stupid motherfucker where was your margins for error where were your margins <laughs> for error you know what I mean that's just your dad was a just, lawyer yeah, yeah yeah you know uh, a sort of like a self-hating lawyer you know what Got I mean it. he's a blue collar guy grew up in Syracuse kind of went that way and, 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 and sort of worked up and worked up the chain and then sort of in a way you, you know he became mm <laughs> Sort of this big lawyer, and then he left, and now he runs the uh, he's the chairman of the board of the Humane Society of the United States. Oh, wow, with with animals, yeah, full time. That's he's definitely the kind of guy who likes animals more than people, like 100%. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.
0: Did you feel? I mean, was when he was saying, like, what the fuck, What do you mean is he razzing you or
1: is he being literal? Was he that strict? Was he super strict? It's not even strict, it's just that there's certain things. And I, I I mean, look, I, I think you know, my work ethic and 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 uh, discipline and and uh, you know, being sort of like. Like a man of your word, I get all that from 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 my dad you know he he took that super seriously, and he just You know, I mean, it's fucked up that we're talking about on the day I was late. But like, you know, brother, but like, you know, you know, I think, you know, that was just it was that was a really, really important thing to him. It's like you are, you know, like you only get one reputation. You only get one word like, you you know, be there for your friends, stand up in, in the face of injustice and be fucking on time man. like be on time like it's weakness to not be on time. And that's, you know, and in this business, especially, I think it's just like it's fucking Inexcusable, you know what I mean? And, 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 uh, you know, I I think that, um, it's like never let the things that you can control, you know, set you back. Like that's in your control. Like you, that's the only you, uh, only you are in control. God, that's such a
0: great point because you, so many people, when they go, oh man, I just keep getting fucked over by life. And maybe that's true in some cases, but I think if someone really take a deep dive and go, now,
1: did you show up to work on time, or are you twelve you do? minutes late? Yeah, day? man. Yeah, I mean, man. It's like it's so fucking hard, anyway. I mean, it's <laughs> like things are hard, like raising kids, like the work. Like it doesn't matter this business, any business. Like life is tough, but like take care of the shit that's one hundred percent in your control, and like you know, it's probably g- gonna be a lot better. You know what I mean? Yeah, because I think I
0: think people don't realize. Well, even in even in this entertainment business, you will probably work forever. If you just showed up on time. Now, being talented and being nice to people, like, those those things are very good, too. But the longer you work, the more people go, ah, that guy's kind of a pain in the ass. Even if on a in a conscious level they don't know exactly why, if you, if you aren't a person of your word and, and, and follow with the agreements that you make with people, it does stick in the back of their heads. And when you show up on time and you're cool to people and you're prepared and you do it, like, that – you know, being talented is a nice bonus, but that alone, I think, will ensure that you'll continue to work forever. Uh,
1: yeah, I mean, I, th- I think so. I mean, I just, I just think it's just you know, being re- being respectful to anyway. I I, I apologize, man. And, and you and don't need no, to no, no I know, I know. But it's like you know, anyway, anyway. <laughs> you know, you know.
0: If I, it would never even. I mean, what, you know, what's really fascinating about it is that I feel like I've already learned something from you, which is you know, listen. So I, I'm like four, six, seven, eight minutes late, Eh, whatever, it's sort of a, you know... I I feel like it's kind of the Los Angeles loose schedule that we have. But even just seeing... How adamant you are about being <laughs> like on time. It's my skin crawl. That Ma- day. It, it actually makes me go, shit, I think I've not been paying attention to that, and I really need to be more
1: aware of this. But look, at the same time, and I mean, you know, I don't want to belabor it, but I, at the same time, like, I think you also have to not judge. Like, you have to not... Uh, like, the, w- the other thing I don't do is like, I look at that motherfucker, he's late, which I find a <laughs> lot of sort of, like, discipline. Because look, man, if you were to look at my life overall, and if you were to look... If if like my buddies and my brothers were in here, they'd be like, John's fucking discipline. Like John's a fucking <laughs> mess. Like he that like guy. But I think in in these certain areas, you just for me. And again, this is just what makes me work. It's like. I need I need it to be soda like I need it to be run tight like like no no fucking around. But if somebody I I actually admire the person who can show up sort of like roll in like been out all night been fucking partying eating you know shitty food show up and just be, oh yeah we're doing this all right let's fucking do it I'm like wow man if I could only but that person not, can't do that forever though I, you know look man maybe maybe not I just know that that does not work for me yeah like, that no would not, that work for I, I me would, it does not work for me.
0: Um, since boy, you know, it's so funny that Walking Dead's going into season eight. So when I think back to when you were on the show, it's like feels like it wasn't that long ago, but it was legitimately like seven years ago. Yeah, man. Um, and since that time, you got married, and if proliferated the burnthal line. You have oh, like geez. 3 kids and They now. just keep popping out, man. <laughs> it's yeah. like
1: every Which other is crazy cuz I haven't been home. I've been making movies. <laughs> like I literally think my wife gets pregnant on phone sex, dude. I mean, I'm like literally not there. You know what I mean? Literally not there. But yes, yes, we the the uh 3 kids, 3 kids. My my first son, I got married 5 days after season 1 wrapped and then uh my wife gave birth while we were shooting season two. And Holy I made, shit. Yeah, and I remember uh, I got a call. You know, it was such a, you, you know, one of the real, you know, other sort of like just great uh, kind of, y- 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 you know, priceless sort of takeaways from Walking Dead is, you know, I kind of came up with Sarah Wayne Callies and Andrew Lincoln who have great marriages great children great relationships and so I had this unbelievable model for me and it was sort of right of the years where I was I just kind of stopped with the world of like fucking up and, and 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 drinking and getting arrested and just being sort of like an overall asshole which for some people they sort of hit rock bottom once and they change I just kept hitting that motherfucker over and over and over again I just couldn't learn and I finally sort of did right before Walking Dead it was kind of the gift of all gifts in in in, in a million different ways, but then to have these models of, of of marriage and and parenthood and how to do that in this industry, you, you know, there's no words that I can explain how how it, all of them: Norman, Melissa, Scott, Jeff, but 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 you know, Sarah and Andy, they just really and and they're different. But they just do it right, and they lead with love and family first. And um, you know, I got a call. I, we were in our trailer, and it was during season two, so we shot everything out of that fucking farmhouse. And it was sort of this like <laughs> three mile, three mile sort of hike into the woods to Everyone get there. Everyone was excited to get out that farmhouse. Yeah, dude. <laughs> and uh, but and like we, our thing was, I would always get there early and, and walk the three miles Sarah and I would sort of walk together um, it, it, through the woods to get there. And I remember we were sort of getting ready, and I got I got a phone call from my wife, and she said my water broke. You know, what does that mean? And I'm like, I, I, I'm like, Andy, her water broke. What does that mean? And, you know what I mean? He's like, I don't know. I Sarah. I'm like, Sarah, her water broke. What does that mean? And fucking, uh, you know, and, and Sarah's like, you gotta go. You gotta go. And I was like, what, what we gotta shoot? What do I do? And, and, uh, I remember Andy just said, listen, man, get in your car, go to the fucking airport. I got you. Like I will, we will shoot scenes with just me. Get out of here. Like don't wait, just go. You know, because from Sonoya Georgia to Venice Beach, California, without a ticket, that's that's a mission. That's man. a fun. That is that that's is a, a mission. Trick, man. Yeah, that is
0: planes, trains, and automobiles.
1: Yeah, man. And 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 uh, you know, we we, we bl- I blasted out of there. I called my brother. He got me a ticket on a plane. And I remember uh, it was it was the last seat. It was the last seat it was the middle seat in the very I mean dude I would have I would have gone under the plane if if sure. you know but it was the, it was the middle seat and I get back there and as I'm pushing up I remember uh, I'm walking down the aisle and I remember thinking man now I got sort of five hours to sort of sit here and collect myself get out of the fucking zombie apocalypse and start really th- like dude you're gonna be a dad man this is happening like I have this time now for myself and when do you get that time right. you know what I mean like what a great gift and as I was going I see this guy and he's like looking down at his DVD player and he's looking up at me looking <laughs> at, and I'm sitting there's this big giant man and he's like Shane, Shane's that you and I'm like ah oh, shit man here we go and I mean that motherfucker from literally from Atlanta all the way I I had to fly into to John Wayne Airport you know what I mean the entire way he's like so he had season one and we were just doing behind the scenes so that scene there was that filmed in Atlanta I'm like yeah dude the whole thing was filmed in Atlanta he said like, but that that scene right there was that Atlanta I'm like still yeah Atlanta. Dude, still Atlanta still Atlanta that that's, didn't change <laughs> that's how I spent my time but did yeah, you make man, the was, birth did you make it in time I did I oh did, good I did I made the birth and and um and yeah. And then, and then uh, my son kind of grew up. You know, he—I mean—he spent sort of the first sort of you know half year of his life in Georgia on on that set, and um, yeah, it was a, a a super super special time. You know? Oh, that's really incredible. Because do you do you
0: think you went into fatherhood just because my wife and I are probably we've been married a year, mm-hmm. probably about a year away from you know as uh, as she referred to it, uh, pulling the goalie. In other words, <laughs> t- t- pulling the. <laughs> Pulling the birth control. I get it. I get you know, it. You're to take some unintended shots on goal Fair uh, to make a sports <laughs> reference, my only sports <laughs> reference. Fair enough. And, uh, and so I'm, I'm sort of wondering going into it, like, how conscious are you of, all right, I want to try to take these things that I learned from my parents, but then not those things that I feel like I could do differently or better or just wanted to – I mean, how conscious was that? And then how much when you're actually doing it is it like that just all goes out the window?
1: I mean, I think it's all, all the above, man. I mean, look, it's the biggest job, you know, not to intimidate. it's the biggest job you're ever going to have. It's the most important job we, we have, in my opinion. And, and I think, unfortunately and fortunately, it's one of those things that, like, you're just not going to do it perfectly. You're going to do the best that you can. And you're going you're gonna to put everything into it. But these are human beings. And, right. and you're going to fuck up. And I think sometimes the more I plan and the more, the more I plan, watch me father this puppy. Like, <laughs> hey, man, get down. Hey, all the way. Get. Good boy. Sorry about that. Nicely done. Yeah, right on. Yeah, Just got to keep him nice and high on marijuana. Get sativa <laughs> and you're just like, he'll be fine. Uh, you know, I, I think that sometimes like the more you plan and the more you sort of make rules for yourself, the less you actually are opening your heart and opening your eyes to the individual child and seeing what they're going through. And, and look, my mom, you know, my mom raised three boys. Um... She's a foster mom. They've had you know dozens and dozens of foster kids through oh, their wow. house, and 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 I've seen kids come in, you know, with uh, you know, unbelievably rough situations, and just showing them love and being open to them, how much they change and grow, and they all sort of come back to her, and they want her to be a part of their lives, and I, I, I I've I, I think my mom is, uh, you know, this would embarrass her, but but you know, I think she's sort of like this perfect mom and and I think the thing that she would say more than any other is you know listen open your heart and open your eyes to the actual kid and I think yeah look man I struggle with it all the time I want my my two oldest are boys I want them to learn what I've learned but I do not want them to learn it the way that I've learned it you know (laughs) what I mean and and uh and yeah, I think it's just one of those things that you just, you got to keep on adapting and there's no right way to do it. And you got to make peace with the fact that you're going to fuck up. And my only advice would, say it would be, and is really acknowledge it when you do. Like daddy fucked up and like l- divorce yourself from this idea of being the perfect parent and admit your mistakes and admit your shortcomings and admit, hey, this guy could probably teach you this better than I could, you know, and, and, and being okay with that. And, and, uh, you know, but, but, but shit, man, it's, uh, it's everything. And, and, uh, uh, you know, you're you're never gonna you're never gonna just crush it. I mean, there are days where you're like, dude, I fathered the fuck out of them kids today. <laughs> but you know, there's also days where you're like, damn, dude, like this, you know, they got the better of me, and 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 like, I didn't I didn't handle that well. I I got frustrated, and and again, I think it's about just being super super honest. I think, but I think just the fact that you're thinking about it, and and you are, and you have a great woman, you know, I think I think like you guys, you know, I think your hearts in the right place, and that's like half the battle.
0: It is, I think. You know, being a much older dad because I'm older than you are by a few years, and uh, I think that I don't think I would have been a good dad young, sure. Because I was just I was also a fuck up, sure. Uh, when you when you like before you kind of straightened everything out, what do you think you were rebelling against? Were you were you were you hate yourself or
1: were you just hate the world or you just I, you were didn't I mean? really think about it? I don't know. You know, I have. I, it's really really a good question, man. I I think that from a young age, I sort of there's no question. I dug attention. Um, there's no question that um, I wanted to sort of shine. I, I both my brothers are like enormously successful. I'm the middle child. My, my little brother. It's like fucking perfect, dude. You know what I mean? Like went to Princeton, like played sports, you know, perfect, you know, now he's a a world-renowned cancer surgeon, you know Jesus. what I mean? Yeah, he's like just a little he's like built hospitals in India and in Africa and he's like, you know what I mean? Oh, I God. mean, literally goes down the street motherfuckers like drop roses in front of his feet like 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 coming to America, you know what I mean? Um, but like he's uh and then my older brother is just this, you know, enormously successful businessman, and and um, you know he's like super good looking and all this shit, and like they're just, I don't know, for me. I always had a real nose for, and as you can see, it's like completely smashed in. I just had a fucking nose for trouble from, from, I, I I really remember at at a young age that like that was how I was sort of gonna define myself. Sure. And, and I think, you know, in the end, it helped because I was all, I grew up in DC and, you know, DC in the 80s and 90s was, In a a very, very, you know, rough place. And there was all kind of walks of life there. And I, by no means, had sort of like a rough upbringing, but I made it rough. I always sought after. I always wanted to be in the most dangerous places with the most dangerous people. And um, I I think that that's how I – it's just that's the road that I went down. And – I mean, from the youngest of it, you know, trouble and trouble and tr- I mean, r- serious trouble, man. <laughs> you know, like my mom, like at times, like literally hiding me from the police. You know what I mean? Oh and my like, God, that's incredible. Yeah, and it was just like, and I just didn't learn my lessons and I was given every break, you know, and I only sort of have myself to blame for it. But... You know, and, and look, a lot of the friendships and 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 the people that I care about most in this world are all the guys that sort of went through that path with me. Who, strangely, are all doing really, really well. And like, if you went back to DC and you talked to people who knew us when we were young, I mean, there was like, dude, these guys were like, it was just not going to work out for this, and especially <laughs> me, like, it was not going to work out for me. But you know, I think at the same time, you know, I found. You know this 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 one acting teacher this woman Alma Becker she really she she saw something in me that just totally changed the course of my life. And, and, and I found something that I was able to sort of tap into all this energy and all this, you know, boisterousness and, and insanity and, and digging into these parts of myself that when I dug into them before would only land me in trouble. And all of a sudden, I was getting approval from it. And I was getting respect from it. And, and it was working for me. And I'm enormously indebted to her. And she was the woman that you know, when I sort of got in trouble and I couldn't finish school, she was the one that told me to move to Moscow and, and study acting there, and that's that's what I did. It was the she married my wife, and I it was it was sort of the best. She was really like a guardian angel. How do you to just me. move to Moscow and study acting? You know, man, it was <laughs> there was a there was a there, there there was a program there. It's part of the the Moscow Art Theater. You know, it's like Stanislavski's Theater and Chekhov's Theater. And I remember, you know, I wasn't able to finish school. I'd been in lots of trouble. Um, you know, all kinds of you know you know pretty serious shit. And and I went to her, and I just said you know hey look I want, to, I want to do this acting I want to be an actor you know but, but to me I didn't know any actors I was so far from that world and, and, and I said you know what's to me I didn't think it would be any different than being a plumber or being a lawyer you know how do you what are the steps right and she said, you know, it doesn't really work that way. But she said, if I were you, you know, if I were a young actor in America today, I would go audition and try to get into the Moscow Art Theater School and go go study over there. And and I think part of her knew she needed to get me away from sort of the people that I was hanging out with in America. Smart. But she really believed in this system of, you know, hyper, hyper discipline and, and um, a place where there was a real reverence for the arts and, and where, you know, in Russia, you know, an actor, it's a very masculine profession. It's not you know it's not sort of this like touchy feely like hey we can do no wrong there it's like if you get into that school like they are gonna break you the fuck down and you'll do acrobatics and you'll do ballet and if you're not good you're out you know it's not and they'll like tell you you're not good and they think you know your teachers are not people who are sort of Trying to trying to kind of like make excuses for their own failings or or validate their own sort of shortcomings. The teachers in Russia are like the best of the best of the best of actors get the honor to teach. And, uh, you know, and I think just being in Moscow, living there in the late 90s and early 2000s, it was it was the Wild West, man. I think this kid who thought he was this tough, street smart kid from dc got a rude fucking awakening of like what real you know uh, just what real life just expand the fuck out of my mind and 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 i'm super grateful for it and and there's no way i would be able to be working as an actor if i hadn't gone it It was it was the best thing i ever did in russia theater performs
0: you that's what i heard that's what i heard i mean it's a great i've always wanted to go Mm -hmm. but i
1: never but I just didn't I'm like, where well, do I just go to Moscow? And then what and then where, where do you go? I mean, I can I can definitely hook you up with that, man. If you're if do you speak if you're Russian? interested. So I didn't when I went, but then, you know, after being there, I also played baseball while I was there. I played pro baseball in Russian. You know, nobody spoke. I had a translator in my classes for for acting. But yeah, you pick it up and and I got I got pretty good, man, after after, you know, a year there. Like I got I got, I got pretty good. Um, you know, it's not really a place where people are super like. Even if they know it, they're not really super down to to speak English. You know what I mean?
0: Uh, hey, everyone, I'm
1: from America. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can you help me? It's like cool. You know. Dashboard cam, <laughs> right? Oh, I mean, so. Um, but yeah, the theater in Russia is just uh, you know, it's it's a totally different deal. It's 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 bigger than movies. It's bigger than TV. The theaters are packed. The theater is not just for sort of rich white people with white hair, you know, it's, it's, it's for everyone and everyone's dying to get there. And the best of the best actors are all in the theater and they're packed every night. There's no fire code, so people are sitting in the aisles. And, and it's a real, you know, during, I, I don't want to give you a history lesson, but during, 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 communist times, you know, there was no public gatherings. Right. And, 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 and so to do theater, the Moscow art theater was sort of a state sanctioned theater and, and, and they could put on plays, you know, there's no church, there's no meetings. You, you couldn't get groups of people together. So to do theater there, it was this huge honor and it had to be state sanctioned. And then once the state sort of realized that some of the things that people were sort of trying to get across in the shows were anti-government or, 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 uh, you know, um, Anti-communist actors and directors and playwrights were being assassinated. Meyerhold was shot in his apartment. Pe- actors were sent to Siberia, and people, my teachers, you know, my three teachers were doing a pl- an underground play called Chinzano that's still running and they would go in the subway stations in the tunnels and people would go in and sneak to go watch this play that Holy they put shit. on and if they had gotten caught they would have been executed or sent to Siberia and they did it anyway and everyone took that risk because it was so important to them and you know my teachers when they went to you know two of them fought in Afghanistan and one of them as an acting exercise to get out of fighting in Afghanistan pretended like he was insane and lived in an insane asylum for four years and like those are the guys that Taught me, and so it just was vital, man. It was like there was so much at fucking stake, and 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 to get it right, and that's really with me, you know. Like that's really with me. Like I'm not going out there and just sort of like, hey, you know, this is let's 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 make this paycheck today, or let's do that, you know. I, I I really want it. I crave that kind of those kinds of stakes in the work, and and um and 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 there the, the cool thing is is what I found out here is that there are people that are like-minded that take it this seriously. And, and, and that's, those are the people I want to be fucking with. You know what I mean? What did you take away? Um, what did you take away from
0: Russian culture that you thought was really beautiful that, that maybe most Americans, when they think of Russia and, mm-hmm. and whatever the Russian stereotype is that's in their head, you know, what, what did you take away from it that well, was it's, beautiful? It's
1: it's, it's – it, I mean a bunch of things. I mean I think, I think more than anything else, it's just this complete lack of pretension. You know, it, w- it is not odd. And, and and granted, I have not been there – this was 10 years ago, right? Even more now. I'm old as fuck. But like, you know, I, I – I, uh, There's no pretension, right? So if you're going to have a conversation with someone, it is not odd that you would strike a conversation with a stranger and at the end of that conversation, one or both of you are in tears. You ask somebody how they're doing. They are going to tell you how they are doing and what is going on in their life. Um, The arts, you know, I my best friend over there was this guy named Dima I lived in this really shitty part of town called Parko Torrey Gorky Park and um, when I'd walk home every night from the theater there was always this group of young guys and they'd be out there drinking sort of like a two liter bottle of vodka passing it back and there's this band the Bloodhound Gang and they thought I'd look like one of the guys in blood so every time I'd walk by they knew I was American they'd be like Bloodhound Gang you know I'm like (laughs) give me the finger and I was like yeah fuck you guys every night it was the same shit then one night I saw my friend Dima and he was he was getting jumped by these three skinheads and I don't know why, but there's three of them and one of him. So I got into it with him and, and I helped him out and then Dima and I became like super tight friends. And he was just basically this guy who like kind of lived on the street. But he knew every single member of the Moscow art theater. He knew what was playing at the Bolshoi. He knew who the artistic director was at the Mali theater. You know, there's just this appreciation and and this 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 fascination with the arts and 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 um and being a Russian artist, how much that meant. And and I hadn't seen anything like that since America. He's no american ball player that's an you know and, and i really that really struck me you know on on every street corner there's a, a statue of a playwright or a poet or a painter or an actor uh you know you go on the subways people are reading bogalkov and tolstoy i, I was really taken with that i was really taken with sort of all this stuff that i kind of looked at growing up as being like kind of weak or lame because i was a fucking idiot i i i saw there and 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 it was um you, you, you know to Strength, strength, man, strength. And, and, and to be honest and to tell people how you're feeling and be open and to know yourself and to work hard and, and to, to have pride in, in, in your work, you know, it, it, it really reshaped the way that I looked at the arts and, um, and look, and look, there was some really brutal shit I saw, like some really, really brutal shit and some really crazy shit that went down where, you know, at first I was like, wow, this place is, this place is fucked up. But I think it all kind of melds into the sort of the same thing of this, just, you know, the culturally, it was just enormously honest and uh, it, 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 it changed who I am. And I, and I owe being there. I owe so much to being there and to Alma, this woman who sent me. Now, not to get, I don't want, I mean, I don't want you to incriminate yourself or anything but
0: young john bernthal you know uh middle kid trying to find his identity very tough for middle kids <laughs> to find is, what their identity woe is. is me <laughs> but uh, what one good crime story one good john bernthal committing a crime story that's Jesus not Christ. too dangerous like not too, oh, not gonna man. get you in trouble but just one kind of like look
1: i shouldn't have done all that stuff but one time i got away with this I mean, I mean, man, there's it's so bad. There's so many, but I mean, look, I'll be totally honest. I mean, I think the big, the big thing that sort of like plagued me through the beginning part of my life was 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 just sort of issues with with fighting and 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 with violence and and sort of trying to find myself in in that world. And and you know, when I was young, it was always sort of like I wanted to kind of roll with the the baddest and toughest kids, and um, you know, we got involved in some 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 you know, ser- you know, street fighting just sort of became a thing with us and and um you know i i i feel like and it, it really carried through with me a lot longer than it should have and it wasn't i think this sort of like this thing in me that i needed to express you know i didn't i i didn't come from this like rough and tumble home where i needed to get it out and so i think a big part of it i just wanted to kind of be involved until later in life i think i sort of wanted to know what it was like not to be the guy standing behind the guy with the guy. I, I wanted to know what it would be like I, I, uh, to be the guy who's in the front, you know, and and, and, and and that landed me into some very, very serious trouble. And It was sort of this thing of exploration. And I think that, you know, at, at a time, and I, w- I know you want a specific story. You don't have to I'll give you a Monday, story. but I, th- I think that, like, with my friends, my group of friends, you know, I, I know this sounds, but I think... You know, you know, we all came up together, we all knew each other our whole lives. And, and, and I think that it was sort of our way. I mean, we love each other, man. And it was sort of our way. And this might sound fucked up, but of, you know, getting each other's back and being that we, we were always outnumbered. There was always kids looking for us because we sort of went to this school that was, it's a long story, but I always looked at it. It was sort of our way of kind of like telling each other we loved each other by, like, getting into these situations and showing each other that we had, had each other's backs and, and um you know, not starting it, but definitely being willing to finish it, you know, like, those were those were the things. Now, as far as, like, you, you know, just... I, I remember as a young age, a shitty crime, <laughs> crime story, I don't know, but so I, I used to steal shit when I was little, you know, all the time, and I remember one time we were in uh, Kent Mill Records in Washington, D.C., and, you know, we would go and we'd steal CDs, you know, we'd all wear these, like, big puffy starter coats because we were assholes and, <laughs> and you know what I mean and I remember we were all in there and I just would do and it was just just so shitty that we did it and, and I remember I stole the CD and as I was going for the door one of the Kent Mill employees ran behind the counter and I guess he had pressed some button oh. and they installed this thing that locked you into the store so you couldn't get out so he ran over to me and he said, you know, I, and he ran over to me with a Polaroid oh, camera. Oh, sure. And, you know, and so then now I'm, like, covering my face as he's chasing me. I was a kid. I was, like, 11. You know, he's, like, chasing me around the store trying to take a picture of me. My friends, here are my, you know, rough and tumble friends. They're just laughing their asses off, you know. And <laughs> I finally had to give him a picture and then there was, like, a big picture of me on the window. It said, like, student from hell, like, never allowing Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, so you're yeah.
0: 11. You're stealing a CD. This probably makes it, like, 1987. What are you stealing? Debarge? Oh,
1: man. I feel like it was probably Beastie, but Bo- you like licensed to – You know, like it was pro- probably.
0: Oh, yeah. Like- that was right around when Fight for Your Right to Party came yeah, out. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Like Paul yeah. Revere and, and uh, yeah, all that stuff. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, man. I mean, yeah. you stole a good CD. Fucking A. Yeah, well, CD. I didn't steal it. I had to give it back. You bad, didn't get, you know? didn't get like, away hey, with I'll that. trade you the CD for the picture. That dude. one you know? time you didn't get didn't away with it.
0: Exactly. But it's so interesting that. To hear you say, like, oh, I didn't want to be the guy behind the guy. I wanted to be the guy. And then all these years later, in a way, you're manifesting that with the characters you play, specifically Frank Castle. Mm -hmm. He's not the guy behind the guy. Mm -hmm. He is the guy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it's kind of... That even even when you have this life where you feel like oh I don't know if I'm if I if I'm going in the right direction but you still were kind of training in a way for this thing Mm. that would ultimately be such a significant part of your life
1: years later yeah I mean I think it all goes into it excuse me and 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 again like you know this this I think that you know again it goes goes back to you know fatherhood and it goes back to you know you take all these experiences and look now you know man i have in my in my real life i'm i i really have found peace like i'm i'm super happy i'm glad to lo- hear thanks that. man like i love my wife i love being a dad i love where our life i love where we live um you know i'm 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 just enormously i'm just happy and content and that was something i never really had um again i think with frank you know it's it's really you know luckily you know, I have this sort of well of shit that I went through that, again, was, was self-imposed that I can draw upon. And I've been in these sort of situations and seen some stuff that, uh, I, you know, again, I really would not want my kids to see or go through. Or, 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 But I've gone through it and I can draw upon it. But I think, you know, the biggest thing for me with Frank, again, is 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 going down this road of what it would be like to lose this shit you know lose what you care about most and 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 really do that honestly you know and 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 really try to carry that with you and you know when i go and i play the part you know it's i separate from my family and and it's something again i wish i didn't have to do. I wish that it, the circumstances were different, but you know, you'll you'll you'll, you'll see, man. You, you know, 3 4 months in a row uh, away from your kids, you know what I mean? Uh, um it's 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 crazy what 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 that will do, especially if every day you're 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 running towards the darkness, you're running towards, you know, you're not at nightclubs or eating chinese food or going right. to see movies. You're like walking by yourself trying to sort of stay in it. And again, this is only because I don't know I don't believe in myself enough that I could do it the other way. But it's the same thing that I did with Shane. It's really what I do for for for, for all these parts. Um, and so, again, I don't think that that kid who's, like, down to fight anybody or, you know, living crazy and, and, and getting fucked up all the time, I, there's no way – I was acting back then, but there's no way that guy could do what I'm doing now. Like, I think – To me, I want all of that to be channeled into the art. I want all of that to be channeled at work. And Andy Lincoln really put it to me best, man. I remember he, he, he told me, he said, man, I don't need anything. He's like... I don't need to party, I don't need, he said, this is my disco. We were on set, he said, this is my fucking disco, man. I do it all here, and he said, everything else is just being with my family and finding peace and resting and enjoying, but like all the shit, I put it all into here, and it was such an enormous gift to me to sort of hear that and, and see that firsthand you know, as a number one, as 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 an actor, as a father, as a husband, right before I was embarking on the journey of my life, which was really to be a, a, a father and a husband, you know?
0: Was there anything this, uh, as we're sort of winding this down, was there anything this season of Punisher? Because obviously, you know... Frank Castle is there's still a lot of other story going on in Daredevil, sure. and Frank Castle is essentially a murder tornado. So was there anything in this sea, in the sea of, of of doing a standalone show with him where you're like,
1: oh, this might be too much, or I think that might be too far, or should we dial this back a little bit? Man, I think the opposite. I mean, for me, it was sort of the if there was an if there was sort of a dialogue between me and the powers that. Be, you know in that show was sort of the opposite I have no interest I, I, I only want to honor the fans the comic military uh, you know I, I, I only want to honor the people that care about Frank and to me the one thing you know I do comic cons I'm out there I feel like I you know I, I, I feel like I have an understanding of what they want and if it's anything it's like do not go for likable, like do not go for you know trying to make him accessible uh, i I think it 's all about being bold enough to say to, to dare the audience to 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 be eager for the audience to turn their back on him, say you know he went too far this time and and then to empathize with him enough to let that come from a true place of 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 pain and 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 not let it just be pure. You know, you know, not, not just make him a sociopath. To let it be coming from a place, you know. Let, let hey, hey, bam, stop that. Speaking of sociopath, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, he's four months old. He's already like thinks he's a watchdog.
0: Chill, dude, chill. I think he's just a little concerned about the Punisher. I think he's no, going a little like a too far th- this time. <laughs> yeah, you're
1: right. Castle's gone right. Bam, a little too no. far. No sorry, sorry
0: that's okay, but my last question for you is um unless you had there was more that you were wrapping up there
1: no, no, I think that's it i just I, I think that, that 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 is the line of communication i I will never think that it's going too far i I push for quite the the, the opposite, and I think that that's what makes him different that 's what makes him frank, and that 's why people people dig I, and I do believe that there is a little bit of this guy in in all of us. I do I do believe that. And and I think this just happened to be they fucked with the wrong guy. There's
0: a good life lesson in there somewhere even though it's a little twisted because of the way Frank it, it, uh, expresses a lot of this stuff. But uh if you are not the most authentic you that you can be, then you are watered down and you're diluted. And and that doesn't, it doesn't even have to be a character, but just as a person, it's like figure out who you are and just be the shit out of that person, whether or not people are going to, you know... Whether you know, instead of worrying about, oh, is everyone going to like me? Or right. it's, it's like just be who you are. You right. know, just just be who you are. Right. But I, I, my last question is about um, Sweet Virginia. Oh, cool. Which is uh, coming out in November, right? Yeah. yeah, man.
1: But I don't know that much about it. Uh-huh. I know it's like a thriller. Uh-huh. So what is what? what? I think you're going to like it, man. I'm, okay. I, I, I'm 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 really really proud of that that film. It was like. You know, it was one of these kind of perfect, perfect situations with this great script, this unbelievable director, Jamie Dagg. And I don't know if you know Chris Abbott. Do you know him? No, I don't know Chris. So Chris was uh, was on Girls, and uh, he sort of um, started out kind of as one sort of actor, and he is – I think that his performance in this movie – I'll throw it up there with anything, literally anything. People were comparing it to Javier Bardem in No Country, but it's the, you know, he plays, I don't want to give too much away, but it's about this small town in Alaska and this hitman comes to town and the whole the the whole sort of purpose of the movie is sometimes violence uh, sometimes violence is needed to sort of burst people out of the dormant lives that they're living and, sure. and, and real good can come out of it and it's all these people sort of gone to this little town in Alaska basically to hide and then this guy comes to town and just fuck shit up but the end result is you know everybody sort of be, everybody sort of becomes who they're supposed to become after that and you know what this guy does is he plays this part with no bravado no bluster he does it with just – he's scary as fuck by just being really, really tormented and weird and honest. And uh, I I can't say enough good about the performance. And for me, I got a chance. I normally play that part, you know, and I got to sort of uh, do something in a way that I've never been able to do before and a completely other kind of of part. And it was originally – they wanted it to be, the part was written for a guy in his sixties, and, uh, I don't know how somehow they landed on, on, on me, but I'm, I'm, I'm super grateful that they did. Um, and I'm super grateful that they let me sort of uh, find what th- what I thought they were looking for in a six year old man and attribute it to me. So the, the the character has Parkinson's, he has there's there's a there's a bunch of sort of stuff to kind of take away from the sort of Punisher esque quality that that people have sort of associated me with, but I'm really proud of the movie and I think you'll really dig it. Man, I am so glad we were able to make this work. Me too. I man.
0: fucking love you John uh, thanks, man. Love you, And back. I love, we'll love your dog you and like, I yeah. love that Katie was the dog whisperer. Yeah, you did great, dude. You Kate, handled that Kate, situation. Well Katie volunteers with with rescue pets. Oh, nice! And uh, and loves 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 animal loves pits Nice! And uh, and so this was like the perp- when she saw that you brought the dog, like yeah. this made I, her fucking day that she yeah, got to didn't hang even out say with hello to me. She was no, like, Who no, I no. went this right this for asshole. the dog. You yeah, 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 totally, said I have to yeah. go to the bathroom. She goes, I'll I'll, I'll hold your dog. dog. Yeah, 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 yeah right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Right on. But uh, but excited for Punisher. And Thanks, uh, anytime you want to come back on, you are welcome. And it this was fucking
1: great. I hope you had fun. I appreciate it. Best to you and your wife, man. Thank you, sir. Best to you
0: and your and your three kids. And your wife. Thank you, bro. Uh, All right. Enjoy your burrito, everyone.
1: Rock and roll. Now leaving nerdist.com. Enjoy your
0: burrito.